This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. We are so excited to uh, bring in the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, the one and only Steve Wiltfong. Um, Steve, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Um, What's going on, Chip? Happy holidays, brother. Yeah, thanks for, for taking some time for us. It's It should be a good Christmas, I think, for all Texas fans because of the signing class that that Steve Sarkeesian was able to bring in in his first full cycle as head coach at Texas. Um, it, you know, I, it's, I'll let you just start off with, you know, what stands out most to you about uh, Texas signing this top five class uh, and the players who are in it. What's well, class that's in the top five. We've seen that before. And so we know what Texas is capable on the recruiting trail and its recruiting classes that are among the nation's best. But when I, when you take a deeper dive at this class and you look at those classes that finished number three two times in a row and then finished number eight after that, they didn't recruit around the line of scrimmage like they did this cycle, Chip. And I am just love the way that Sarkeesian and his staff are trying to build this program up. And I tweeted that, and then you got some jackasses that are like, is Texas back? Is Texas back? It's like, nah, bro, these guys are teenagers. But I like the way that it's it's trending. And obviously, uh, when, when you look at on the offensive line and you got Kelvin Banks and you got Nito Umiozulu and you got Cole Hudson, I mean, I think that those Malik Agbo, I think those are guys that you can win a lot of games with down the road. And then on the defensive front, in the front seven, I mean, Jare Bledsoe's got a chance to be a star. Justice Finkley is going to be awesome. I mean, there, there's so many difference makers up front. Jamon Tapp, uh, uh, I think Christopher Ross is a guy that we have underrated right now that uh, will correct uh, by February, but he's an uber-athletic uh, player at the line of scrimmage as well, explosive so uh, um, I didn't name everybody, but there's just, you know, I just love the way that they've recruited around the line of scrimmage. Certainly you're getting Quinn Ewers in the transfer portal and that's. Well, let me, let me stop you before we move on to Quinn Ewers. I, 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 because you put in so much work and you do such a deep dive into these players, let's go kind of one by one on the, on the offensive line with Kelvin Banks. You know what, when you, when you look at Kelvin Banks, what stands out? Oh man. I mean, I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, he's an absolute road grader up front. I mean, he's one of the premier offensive linemen in the country and uh, you know, he's, he's been part of some prolific rushing attacks on the prep level. And he's a guy that was highly coveted. And, and so Texas wasn't winning recruiting battles like that around the line of scrimmage for many years. So just to win that one alone is, is, is massive. And, shows you the kind of difference that this staff can have on the trail compared to some other ones. You know, I mean, like flipping Terrence Brooks is monsterish. I mean, that was a great flip, 
but we've seen Texas land elite corners before. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say Terrence Brooks isn't important because he is. You have to fill all your rooms. But when you have a top five class, to have top five classes in the past but not be good around the line of scrimmage is almost hard to do. Texas has a top five class now, and they're really good around the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and you mentioned Nito, um, who I, I butcher his name every time, Mu Zulu. Um, you know, what stands out about Nito? Well, I've seen, you know, I've seen Kelvin Banks live a couple of times. I saw Nito live at the uh, Future 50 event in the summer where he was one of the top offensive linemen competing at that event, but big, long, can move, and, and, and has really played really good high school football, uh, obviously, uh, for one of the premier programs in the country. So going to come in with the right culture. Comes from an extremely hardworking family. This is a young man that goes on college visits, and, you know, uh, his parents are just so – uh, such hard workers. That's something that just really stood out to a lot of college coaches was, was the work ethic uh, that his household has as, as like an intangible that Nito's going to bring to whichever program he decided on, which ended up being Texas and to beat yeah. Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, you know, like to beat your rival for an offensive lineman, you know, now you don't have to play against him. You know, he's part of you. That's, you know, that's, that's the name of the game with some of these blue chip battles. Yeah, and some of these, I mean, uh, were late uh, commits uh, for Texas. Malik Agbo. Um, what stands out about Malik Agbo? Well, he's a kid that plays on both sides of the ball uh, up there at Washington and uh, up there in Washington State. And again, when you're Texas, you're just you're just trying to stock this room with big bodies that can move. He's six foot six, three hundred twenty pounds. Um, that plays with a motor, and so. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that'll, that'll come in and help push the room. And obviously it was an emphasis for Texas to load up on the offensive line and defensive line, obviously. And they were able to do it and they were able to do it with plan a targets. You know, there, that's another thing that stands out about the efforts up front is they didn't just take a bunch of warm bodies that they had to go down the list to find. These are guys that they recruited the whole cycle that they landed. When you look at Cameron Williams, he's massive, like 6'7", 360. And, you know, I've heard you talk about his arm length. It, you know, you tell me what uh, is what's exceptional about Cameron Williams. This is a guy that might take some refinement, um, but he is, as you said, he is a big, big, massive individual that's been part of some prolific offenses at Duncanville. Similar to Nito, comes from a great program, a great culture. So he's going to come in ready to work, you know, but this is this was a team that could really run the football on the prep level, and he was a big part of that. And Cole Hudson obviously was in uh, before some of the later announcements from uh, the offensive line targets in this class, but what stands out about Cole Hudson? Well, he just comes from an athletic family, right? And uh, he's a guy that, again, um, another team, another guy out of Frisco there uh, that was part of an offense that I think like averaged over like 400 yards a game or something like that, Chip. So 400 rushing yards a game. So, I mean, these are guys, I mean, he is physical up front, man. He likes to demolish people. He is, you know, he is a tenacious blocker and, and he's a guy that committed early, but he could have, you know, he could have went to Oklahoma. He could have went to some of Texas's rivals. That was a, pretty prominent recruiting win 
And at one point, you really didn't know how Texas was going to close up front. So he was uber important. Um, but he's a guy that I think will be a mainstay as a starter for many years to come up front for Texas. Well, and on the defensive side, the first name out of your mouth was Jare Bledsoe. What do you like about him? And Jare Bledsoe is just a freak. I mean, he's a guy that everybody would love to have. I mean, he's a guy that lives in the backfield. And when you're getting over 100 tackles uh, playing the position that he plays, I mean, you're an absolute difference maker. I mean, he's a warrior. He's a high-motor guy. And then he comes out there and rushes for over 1,200 yards also. I mean, what a unique two-way player that he is. And so, um, you know, he's, he's just a kid that's – he's a kid that flashes on both sides of the ball all night. And, uh, you know, I expect him to, to um, you know, be a, a major difference maker at Texas. Well, and um, I think the next two names out of your mouth were Justice Finkley and Jamon Tapp. What stands out about those guys? You had to go into SEC country and land those guys to beat Alabama, to beat LSU for, for those guys. Those are teams that you're going to be playing against in your new league. And I mean, Chip, you, I mean, you watch Texas play year in and year out and where, I mean, they're going into a grown man's league and they recruited some grown men to come help them, you know, and uh, you know, Justice Finkley not only is a grown man that's physically ready to play right away, but he's very mature. You know, he's a leader. He's a guy that's going to bring the right mentality to that position room at the University of Texas. And, and Jamon Tapp's athletic, too, that can bring, bring you some versatility around the line of scrimmage. What about Zach Swanson? Tough. I mean, him and Cole Hudson, those guys are just badasses around, you know, up front, man. They love the physicality. They love to, they love to just be relentless and lean on people all day and, 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 uh, you know, wear down, wear down their adversary and just defeat people. You know, that's just the way they play the football, you know, on opposite, opposite sides of the line of scrimmage. Well, I, I'll tell you, I was it's really got a chip on his shoulder too. You know, he sees some of the buzz that other people in his state got. And uh, he, he felt like he warranted more as people did at least. And, uh, you know, he, he's got a chance to come to Texas and write his own story here. Steve, one of the guys who stood out to me in the state championship um, was Ethan Burke uh, from Westlake, 6'7", um, 225, but relentless. What, what, what stands out about him? Well, what a senior riser that probably would have blew up as a junior, but he got hurt in the Under Armour Lacrosse All-America game. And I think it cost him most of his junior year other than the state playoffs, if I'm remembering correctly. But he's a twitched, he's a twitchy pass rusher that's got, you know, he's got a lot of growth coming in the weight room. But he's got a chance to ultimately be one of the more athletic defensive linemen in the country in college football. He's another guy that I think will stand, you know, has a great case for a bump before February. Obviously plays for the best high school football program in the country, in my opinion. They they should have won the national championship. Give me Coach Dodge. Klubnik and, and and those guys in that defense against anybody and 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 that's who I would pick. But you know he he's a kid that probably would have had thirty offers if he wouldn't have got hurt playing lacrosse. And he was an elite level lacrosse player. His dad's a lacrosse coach. He was committed to Maryland to play lacrosse. You know flips to Texas the night before. What a spatula flip to flip him to flip Brooks. I know Brooks is the higher ranked guy, and I mean you need cover corners like Brooks, but. Burke has a chance to be an amazing pass rusher and just 
you got you always have a spot for players around the line of scrimmage if you're Texas right now, in my opinion. I know that's easy for me to say. I'm going to be zero and zero next year, and I'm going to drink bourbon on Sunday evenings, you know. Uh, and, and those guys are going to be pouring over the film of the game that they they just played the day before. But um, Texas for so long has just not been been where they need to be around the line of scrimmage. So anybody that I think's athletic that has a high upside. I got room for them in the boat, man. Uh, and uh, um, that that was a sneaky good flip right there to, to take him from Michigan. And uh, uh, we see where Michigan's at as a program. Um, and Utah coveted this young man. Um, this, that, that's a guy that I think Texas fans are his name first to come. Um, a couple more on the defensive line, and then we'll we'll take a quick break, come back, talk about Quinn Ewers. But you mentioned Christopher Ross, and I also want to get your thoughts on Aaron Bryant. Well, Christopher Ross is obviously an elite shot put thrower, you know, that uh, um, is just so explosive. And, and, and you turn on his film, the first tw- the first the first step is ours. I know my colleague Gabe Brooks said that he was banged up this year but i know he played at the end of the year but the senior clips that i saw i mean showed just a ton of potential like all those guys i mean this this is a group of first contact guys and what i mean by that is when the ball snaps boom they're making contact they're you know it's like a race who's going to hit the offensive line first i mean these guys are going to be explosive they're going to be strong you know a lot of these guys play with good leverage um just a great combination of guys that that, that can really play together. And then Aaron Bryant, six foot four, 305 pounds, another one from SEC country, the state of Mississippi, uh, uh, to beat those those programs for a guy that you're going to be playing against again. And, and, and he played for a South Haven defense that was really known for keeping points off the board. And he was in the middle of that, literally. And uh, again, stout at the, in the middle, productive, a guy that made a lot of tackles, you know, a guy that makes plays by the line of scrimmage, a guy that can – turn you over, force fumbles. Uh, I mean, th- these guys are, are stat sheet stuffers. These aren't guys that are just out there being recruited because they're big and they have potential. And these guys make plays right now. And uh, uh, oftentimes we see schools take potential guys. And, and I mean, again, I'm not saying these guys don't have upside. They all have a shitload of – they all have a ton of upside. I don't know if this shows PG-13 chip. But they uh, away. They, uh, um, they all got a lot of upside. And uh, um, not only that, but they're used to making plays and they're going to want to make plays on Saturdays. Well, um, this is a Merry Christmas episode of uh, the flagship podcast interview uh, talking about Texas's recruiting class with director of recruiting 24-7 sports, Steve Wilfong. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Quinn Ewers, uh, Texas Landing the number one prospect in the 2021 recruiting class, um, who, of course, enrolled at Ohio State, now headed to Texas. Uh, We'll be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Steve, obviously, 
uh, Quinn Ewers once committed to Texas, decommitted, um, reclassified, ends up going to Ohio State. I think he played two snaps, both handoffs, and uh, the the Texas fan base overjoyed because he's the highest uh, ranked recruit since Vince Young uh, in that famed 2002 Texas recruiting class. So um, it may have cost them Casey Thompson, who's in the transfer portal, but what does Quinn Ewers bring to Texas? Well, Texas is a program where you don't worry about people getting in the portal. I mean, this is you're building a program where you want people that are competitive as hell. And I'm not saying Casey isn't, you know, I'm just saying in general, you want, you're, you're building for now. And so Quinn Ewers is a guy that you think can help you right away, but also a guy that, uh, you know, like you said, has a couple years of, of, of eligibility here, but I mean, he's, I mean, when he was a sophomore at South Lake Carroll, you could argue that he, was as good a quarterback as there was in the country. He threw for over 4,000 yards, 45 touchdowns, and just three interceptions, completed over 70% of his passes against some of the best high school football in the country, and uh, uh, came back as a junior, led his team to the state championship game, playing through a hernia, missed some time, which took away the run element that he had, but still was accurate with the football, made good decisions, uh, um, you know, he does not turn the ball over. I know his interceptions went from three to five, uh, uh, sophomore to junior year, but he also took away the run element, uh, uh, from his game. So he was, you know, playing, he was playing handicapped a little bit there, but still played terrific. Sees the field well, can make all the throws, uber confident. Um, you know, I, I could go on and on about Quinn Ewers. I see you have that Sports Illustrated of Vince Young behind you. I think that I, I, I truly think you got to stack recruiting classes like this. But, you know, if Texas can continue to recruit the offensive line and defensive line and, and, and get some guys, you know, the Brendan Thompsons and the Terrence Brooks of the world, B. John Robinsons. I mean, this is a team that's starting to build up to maybe putting another Sports Illustrated behind you, Chip. And then this is the early stages. And, you know, but that's the expectations for Texas. This is a recruiting class that's, including Quinn Ewers, an amazing foundation. And again, for the people eavesdropping on this, these guys are 18, 19 years old. So let's not put the weight of the world on these young men next fall. Let's not hit the panic button if these guys are eight and five. But let's let's uh, let's be excited about this foundation and, and and see what Texas can go out there and do in 2023. Yeah, I mean the. He's made more news, let's be honest. He's made more news for reclassifying, maybe cashing in on NIL opportunities, going to Ohio State, probably going to cash in on some more NIL opportunities at Texas, which, you know, in this day and age now, people have to get used to. That's that's good business. How do you think his persona will play in the locker room? You know, he walks into a locker room. Uh, there's been reports that, you know, maybe he's, you know, is already in line for a million dollars in NIL deals at Texas. How how will his persona blend with, you know, a, a locker room that's going to have some guys who are like way, way behind or, or getting nothing in NIL money? Well, you're closer to that than me. I mean, I talked about that before when NIL started being brought up is culture in your locker room is going to have to be extremely strong 
now that there's more reasons for jealousy to come into the equation, right? We've also seen people think that they've arrived in things before and then not perform at the level expected of them later. So that will also be a concern for, for programs nationally as well. But I would like to think in a perfect world, all these guys have ambition to play football beyond the University of Texas. And, and within that, they can only control what they have going on themselves. And, and for Quinn Ewers, he's a millionaire now, but I mean, per reports. And, uh, but I assume he wants to play this game for a long time. So I hope that he and, and others like him, you know, the Travis Hunters of the world are, are still hungry to be the best versions of themselves in football, you know? I mean, so time will tell how these deals impact the mentality of, of these young men, but I'm going from today, I'm just going from the assumption that these guys are hungry. They're going to come in and, 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 you know, play hard. And, you know, Quinn wants to lead Texas to the promised land. And within that, you know, he wants to hear his name called first in the NFL draft in a couple of years. You know, he wants to get that second contract in the NFL, you know. So I, I think that, you know, Texas is just part of his journey, you know. And with that, you know, he's, you know, we'll see what Texas is capable of under center. So I'm work, you know, I think he's a kid that's competitive. I mean, you, again, he could have, he could have shut it down as a junior in high school and said, I'll, I'll come back as a senior. But those were his buds. You know, he wanted to play for South Lake Carroll. He wanted to win a state championship at South Lake Carroll. So, I mean, I expect him to give it all at Texas, him to give it his all at Texas. And But as we know, human nature is going to come in for some of these at some places. You know, program culture is, is going to be, is never going to be more important than it is now with real money being, uh, floated around here. Um, Steve wide receiver, uh, was an up and down position in this recruiting class. It may have ended up costing Andre Coleman, his job as the receivers coach at Texas. Um, obviously, you know, they signed Brennan Thompson and Savion red, but they had decommitments from Evan Stewart, Armani Wingfield, uh, phase Wilson. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on the receiver recruiting in this cycle for Texas? Well, Brennan Thompson has a chance to score from anywhere on the field. He's obviously one of the more electric guys in this class. And certainly, you know, Texas would have liked to hit on a couple more. And, you know, we'll see what transfer season brings. Maybe they find a young man they like, you know, from now until February. You know, I, I mean, maybe there's guys in the program developing that, that they like. Again, you're closer to that than me. I, I just – I'm so in love with the way that they've recruited around the line of scrimmage and getting Quinn Ewers in the transfer portal and getting guys like Terrence Brooks that um, you're not going to rain on my parade by pointing out uh, that they missed on Evan Stewart. You know, um, it's uh, – um, you know, we'll, uh, Texas has rarely struggled to have good players in their receiver room. and. Maybe I'll eat those words later, but I, I think that their receiver room will be fine. Well, let's uh, let's let's get to Terrence Brooks because obviously um, Texas has been losing those battles a lot to Ohio State. Uh, you know, for 
guys like J.K. Dobbins, Baron Browning. I mean, the list goes on, Jeffrey Kuda. Uh, but they win a flip in this situation. And what does Terrence Brooks bring at that cornerback position? Well, they've seen great players in that state go to the FCC and go to Ohio State. And so to get a guy who comes from terrific pedigree uh, um, and, and uh, um, you know, has, his football has just been in his blood forever. I mean, I, talking to his dad um, earlier in the process, there's a YouTube video out there of Terrence Brooks's first ever youth league game where the other team made it. And it's like teaches kids how to tackle properly. So he's just been fundamentally sound since before he could write cursive, you know, and I don't know if kids still write cursive. So maybe a bad analogy for you young listeners, but Chip and I know how to write cursive. And uh, Indeed. Uh, um, he, you know, I mean, he's just a lockdown guy out there on the perimeter. And, and uh, you know, when you recruit those defensive linemen and those pass rushers, you know, and then you put a guy like Terrence Brooks behind him, you know, it's going to be tough sledding to get things going in the passing game. And it's safety. Texas had an exodus at safety after the 2021 season. Um, you know, Brian Allen, uh, give a, give me your thoughts on on Brian Allen and, and Austin Jordan and, you know, which, if either, if any, could make uh, an impact sooner rather than later. You know, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you on, on those guys. Those are those are guys, you know, I, I know that Austin Jordan, I believe he was a recruitment. I know more about their recruitments than those the men, you know, but we got a we got a full team here. You have to get my guy Gabe Brooks on to talk about those dudes. Okay. Yeah, I mean that that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, position to watch. You mentioned stacking classes. I mean, that's I'll say that for Mac Brown, the decade that that all Texas fans remember the you know the first decade of the two thousands. Um, Mac was able to stack classes, and and so you know it's Texas is going to have to do this again in in 23 and 24 um there's been you know a lot of talk about arch manning uh liking texas uh how do you think this you know the great programs recruit great quarterbacks every year you said that um how do you think this affects the arch manning uh recruitment you know i haven't heard one way or another i mean i think when you look at the schools arch manning's looking at all their rosters are pretty damn good, you know? So there's an expectation at these schools that they're championship level programs. And with that, you bring in the championship level players. I mean, Devin Brown, he goes to Ohio state. He knows what's in that room. You know, Texas should be trying to sign the best quarterback in the country year in and year out. And they're obviously trying to do that. They have Quinn Ewers who technically is still a 2022 in my opinion. So they got the best guy in this class. And then, you know, they're going after the highest-ranked guy in 2023. Now, I don't think they should ignore Jackson Arnold, though, at Denton Geyer. I mean, now it's, again, it's easy for me to say that. My team's 0-0. Zero zero. I don't know what Arch Manning's telling them behind the scenes. Jackson Arnold's pretty damn good, you know. And and so, um, I, I, you know, there's, there's other good quarterbacks, you know. So if they don't get Arch Manning, that doesn't mean that they won't get a good quarterback, you know. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they do. And in terms of anything else that stands out with regard uh, to this 2022 class, Steve? No, I mean, for me, J. 
just an incredible foundation for for this staff to really set the tone for the direction of this program. And just I would be patient. You know, again, this was a program that couldn't get a damn yard against Iowa State to clinch a game two years ago. You know, and and so you this was a program that got out toughed a lot. You know, so it's going to take some time to change that culture. But this is a class. When I look at the the guys that they recruited on the offensive line and defensive line beyond their skill sets, I think they're bringing the right mentality. I think they're alphas, like legit alphas, guys that are ready to come in and mix it up and be competitive as hell and see where this thing takes them. So what is the best thing and the worst thing about your job? Well, the best thing about my job is really getting to meet people and build relationships with with uh, uh, coaches and, and prospects and their families. And then really you get a new deck each year. So it's you get a chance to build some new relationships or, you know, you stay connected with people. So, you know, I love that about the job is really just the interaction with people, um, and, including the readers, including the readers that are busting my ass that think I don't like Texas, you know, I mean, and so that's the best part of the job is the interaction and, uh, you know, just being able to mix it up with people and write about people's stories. I mean, you're a terrific writer, Chip. You understand how cool that is sometimes to get some information and put it on paper that allows readers to get to better know these young men better or their families or where they're from. Um, so that's the best part of the job. Worst part of the job is you work every damn weekend, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's and, never ending for you. And, I, uh, I admire. But, I admire. But you know what you sign up for. But, hey, man, this week I'm off. I, You know, I straight from the gym, threw on this 24-7 sports polo and this hat, unshaved, doing the flagship podcast with you. That's not a bad gig, you know. Any other thoughts about Texas, even as it pertains to 2023? Um, You're you're dialed in. Uh, You know, I've I've got this great opportunity to to talk to you. I'm just uh, trying to empty your notebook here. I mean, just keep recruiting the, the trenches. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, you that, that's the that's the recipe. You know, never is Georgia, never is Alabama. And never are they getting their ass kicked at the point of attack, you know. And, and so Notre Dame, rarely are they getting their ass kicked up front, you know. I mean, those are the teams that are in the playoffs or in the discussion year in and year out. Clemson, look at the guys that they're recruiting on defense up front. That's the that's the recipe. Again, so I mean, like Quinn Ewers, super exciting pickup, but we've seen good quarterbacks go eight and four. You know, let's get Quinn Ewers some people around him, which they are. And so that's what excites me most about Texas right now and the trajectory of the program. And obviously, there was a time in this cycle where it didn't look so good, particularly on the offensive line. The defensive line, the recruiting there was always on a good trajectory. But the offensive line, it really came together here at the end and still has a chance to add another five-star that's trending on the crystal ball. So uh, that's a hell of a close uh, up front on the offensive line to really get your foundation going, Chip. Yeah, we should mention Devin Campbell, um, who's arguably the top interior offensive lineman in the country in the 2022 class who uh, will – um, you know, sign in February. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Campbell? I mean, he's another ass kicker up front. I've seen him at national events 
um, be an alpha. You know, he moves. I mean, he he could be a terrific defensive lineman too. I mean, that's the kind of prospect he is. I mean, he, I mean, he's just he can move, he can bend, he's strong, powerful, always has great leverage. But more than anything, he's tough. I mean, he is an alpha. He's a guy that shows up to these events and thinks he's the baddest dude in the room. And oftentimes he is, you know, and uh, Texas needs more of that. And I like where they stand there. And he'd be a big pickup, another big addition. Any other um, targets for February that you think Texas? Oh, man, we got to get got to get Mike Roach on here. You know, I can right. let me go. Let me go scan his list and see if there's anything I can contribute uh, real quick before I let y'all run. Um, it's, uh, I mean, obviously they're swinging at Harold Perkins, five star linebacker. I know the crystal balls all A and M. I'm actually not one of them, and I know the guys at Horns two four seven think I love putting in A and M picks. I just love putting in any pick. Um, if I know it's right. Um, and I'm talking to his family. I'm not ready to put that pick in just yet. I'm not saying AM doesn't lead. I just don't have it like maybe some of my peers do, you know? Um, um, so, um, you know, I think that, you know, I think Ernest Green is going to go to Georgia. So, you know, I, I know Texas is one that he really likes. I don't know. I think that's it. Harold Perkins, maybe, unless another name pops up, it's Texas. There might be another good player that's overlooked right now. I mean, getting yeah. into that senior film and, and, and watching those guys, you might find a guy that that ends up being a pro somewhere else that's now a pro for y'all if you, you know, if you like his senior tape. What is the craziest recruitment you've ever covered? Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I hate to talk about it because look, these guys are going through it for the first time. I've covered thousands of them, so it's easy for me to sit back and judge away a process is handled but this process will eat people up when you're talking about alphas like nick saban kirby smart jimbo fisher steve sarkeesian ryan day these guys didn't get their jobs by accident and so they're they're very persuasive and you're always a conversation away from your brain just being so messed up on what you thought you knew before your last conversation and then there's coaches changing. Some people are caught up in wins and losses. And, you know, there's all kinds of moving parts with recruiting that I never judge the mind changing and the, the flips and the, the, you know, even like you got a young man asking us, what does one school think? What does another school think? And it's like, bro, you're about to announce your decisions. Like why? Like, I mean, I don't get why you care about that, but, you know, I'm not judging. I just, you know, we, you and I, we've been doing this for years. This is their first time going through it. Right. You know, so uh, their, their vantage point is so much different. So I don't know. I mean, crazy. I just don't like to point out. So that one was crazy because for that person, it was their only experience, you know, right. and again, we've all, you know, making life changing decisions is hard. You know, and some 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 of these young men have different weights on their shoulders than others, too, when they when they make these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's great. And I'm glad people are getting a chance to get to know you because, um, you know, fan is short for fanatic. And some I love it. we wouldn't some, be doing what we do if they weren't. That's fanatics. right. That's They're right. Not the casuals. We deal with the diehards, brother. That's right. We deal with the guys that know all 85 players on scholarship. 
some preferred walk-ons. They know the they know the assistant coaches and where they came from. Uh, we're not we're not out here with the casuals that show up on game day on Saturday and still rush the field. That's right. That's right. Well, Steve, listen, and I hope you're you're having a, a great uh, uh, holiday and vacation, and we'll let you get back to it. Thanks so much for taking some time with us here on the flagship podcast interview. Happy holidays to all y'all. And this was a live show. Well, you know, I mean, we record it and then we put it on the. Uh, I just see horns. it live up here. So oh yeah, that's that's our. Uh, that's you gotta our, get your beat button when you got me on. That's know? right. Hey, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um. This is this is football. You know, you gotta you gotta be tough. You gotta be ready for that. Um. Steve Wiltfong, everybody, really appreciate uh, Steve taking some time with us. For Steve, I am Chip Brown of Horns twenty four seven dot com. We'll see you over at Horns twenty four seven. And until next time, right here on the flagship podcast. Stay safe. Keep the faith. And Merry Christmas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.